Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia. And on today's episode, we're going to be joined by some special guests. We're going to be joined by the lovely Carolina Teague. We're going to be joined by Coach Gio and also by my friend, Rudy Campos Jr. of the Rated R Podcast. So we're going to talk a little bit about Spurs basketball. What's next for the new era of basketball for the San Antonio Spurs? Boris Diaw retiring. Our NFL predictions. And we're going to talk a little trash about, you know, some celebrity deaths. We maybe might even, uh, what, Carolina, get into a little bit of Cardi and Nicki Minaj action over here. <laughs> Everybody's got to pick a side. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about that a little bit more in an all-new episode of the Two Shots podcast. So we'll dive right in. And let's talk about the new era of basketball for these San Antonio Spurs. It's the big three era is over and done with. So now it's going to be transitioning into the era of the younger guys you know we have a DeJounte Murray we have a Lonnie Walker we have a Derek White you know we're gonna have DeMar DeRozan you know we're gonna have LaMarcus Aldridge we're gonna also have the veterans which I include LaMarcus with that Patty Mills and also uh, Mama Mia Marco Beninelli so we'll start off with your take ladies first Carolina and what do you think is going to happen now that we're transitioning to this new era? What do you What do you think is going to happen? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What are you feeling? Oh, thanks for picking ladies first. I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, I really do think that um, this era for the Spurs is going to be a lot better than it was, you know, last year. Obviously, a lot of people, a lot of Spurs fans are feeling like this is the end of an era with Manu Ginobili retiring and, of course, with Tim Duncan being gone already. And Greg Popovich already seems like he only has about a year or so left. Um, but I do believe that this year is going to, or this new era is going to be a lot more exciting in my personal opinion. I feel like what we can expect next year is for the offense to be a lot stronger than it was last year with the addition of DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is a great uh, addition for, for the Spurs from an offensive standpoint. You know, obviously last year where the Spurs turnovers were an issue, Ginobili had the highest turnovers with Patty Mills and DeJounte Murray, but DeRozan is doing a great job at keeping his turnovers to a minimum, so I feel like he's going to be really fierce from an offensive standpoint, and I think this Spurs team is going to be a lot more younger, a lot more athletic, and of course, LaMarcus Aldridge showed us what type of leader he was last year. You know, a lot of things were, you know, in question um, the year before when um, they, everybody didn't know if he wanted to stay with the Spurs. He ended up signing an extension, and he really took leadership when Kawhi Leonard was injured as well. So I feel like we're going to expect more of him to be in a leadership role as well. I feel like he's not going to get as many shot opportunities now that DeMar DeRozan is in the picture, but I do feel like I see him standing up as a leader as well. Also, um, a lot of great young talent as well. I see DeJounte Murray is a great addition. He um, he has a lot much more room for improvement. Greg Popovich is trying to um, make him be – improve more from an offensive standpoint, but defensively, he's he was the uh, youngest player to win all defensive second. He beat Kobe Bryant's record, so I feel like DeJounte Murray is just going to get better and better, and I really have high hopes for Lonnie Walker as well. He's an explosive guard. He's a scorer, so I feel like he, I hope he brings that to the table for the Spurs as well, and then, of course, you have Jakob Pertl, Brent Forbes, um, and I'm <laughs> a little bit curious of how Rudy Gay's role is going to be. Um, for the Spurs, but I feel like they're going to have at least 50 and up wins 
than they did last year. There was a dark cloud last year because Kawhi Leonard, you know, the whole No, we, we don't we don't say his name no more. We yeah, call him all that we, situ- the situation that was We call Kawhi Leonard the fake number two, right, Rudy? Yeah, I feel like you know with with yeah. I feel like with Co- the name that should not be mentioned, you know, now that he's no longer on the Spurs, you know, that that dark cloud is gone. And, um, you know, they made it to the playoffs last year without him. So even with adding DeMar DeRozan, I feel like they're definitely going to make the playoffs this year. So that's how I feel about the new team. I'm super excited about this new team. Yeah, little little history on, on uh, Kawhi. What we said is that we weren't going to talk about him anymore. And what I proposed is that we pull a Moses on his ass, you know, and that means you, you, you take his name out of all the history books, you obscure his name out of all the photos. And when you have somebody hoisting <laughs> up the, the MVP trophy, the, the NBA finals, MB, MVP trophy from 2014, we just replace his face with the question mark. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how we feel about him. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll start off with you Kawhi next. Leonard. Yeah. We're going to start off with you, Gio. I mean, what do you think's next for the Spurs in this new era of basketball? No, it's going to be a brand new era. This is going to be kind of uncertain waters for a lot of Spurs fans. You know, this team is going to be kind of very young. And I'm very, very excited to see some of the young players and kind of what they do this year. Uh, because in years past, the team has been very, very veteran, older team. But now the Spurs finally got some young legs in there. I'm interested to see how Rudy Gay kind of adjusts to some of the new players coming in. Yeah. Marcus Aldridge stepped up last year. I mean, the guy was phenomenal, tremendous offensively as a team leader. Um, but I want to see how Lonnie Walker also comes in the mix as well. They got a lot of young pieces. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how Pop really juggles and manages this team. I definitely can see definitely 50 wins this year. Um, but I think they need to get off to a good start because the West, as you know, Joe, it's very, very brutal. Yeah, it's stacked. A Spurs team getting off, yeah, getting off to a rough start. You know, teams like Denver, they're improved. Teams like the Suns, um, the Utah Jazz as well. So there's a lot of teams juggling for, for position. So for me, start off strong, start off the gate, because if they get off to a tough start, I mean, they can really be in the water. But I definitely can see 50 wins. Okay. Um, forty-five, fifty wins, probably in that five. Come on, man! Oh, you made an I enemy. That's pretty good for <laughs> for a team that you know lost their best player, and I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> but no, don't say it. Don't um, say it. <laughs> I think forty-five, fifty, and like I said, if they get off to a rough start, it could be worse than that. Though I'm confident in Pop, and you know he's probably going to be here for the next two years, and that's it. So. Play as many young players as you possibly can. Get them experience because um, it's a totally different team now. Yeah, so we'll start off with you too, Rudy. I mean, we'll get your take. I'm sorry. I'm not start off with you, but we'll get your take. What do you think is going to happen in this new era for the Spurs? He thinks he's going to win 60 games, Rudy, right? <laughs> well, in this new, uh, this new era of Spurs basketball, Geo is completely wrong. They're not going to just win 45 games. 45 games is going to be... 45-50, Rudy. Come on. Uh, you, <laughs> you said 45 like with intensity. 45 and 50. <laughs> so, uh, no, no. I, I've got them I've got them at 50-plus wins because last year 
they didn't have the fake number two the entire season, except for what nine games. Yeah. So you put in the uh, you put in the new person, the new Demar Derozan, the uh, the new flavor of the month, flavor of the year, whatever you want to call him and consider him. That's a fifty-plus win team here easily. And then the other good thing is that we're not going to have to see that trash can Pau Gasol anymore, <laughs> probably throughout the whole season, because Pirtle's going to take over that center spot. We don't yeah, need no to, doubt. like Joe says, we're not going to have any more jazz hands on defense. Yeah, We're not going to hear any more screaming in Spanish, nothing like that. He's going to take a seat on the pine, come off the bench with the rest of the guys, and that's it for Gasol. Aldridge is going to put up some pretty good numbers again. DeRozan's going to have a really good year, and I'll tell you why, because he's never played – with an inside guy like Lamarcus Aldridge, who's going to open up the floor for him. He's going to be able to get open jumpers. He's going to be able to get to the lane, get to the rim. The key for the Spurs this season, though, is the point guard position. DeJounte Murray, all-NBA second team, all-defensive second team. Derek White is a very underrated defender as well. So you've got probably two of the better point guards at the defensive position on the Spurs in a loaded West Western Conference, that's loaded with point guards. Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Chris yeah. Paul, you know, Damon Lillard, uh, whoever, whoever you want to throw out there. You've got two guys that can defend the point guard position. So I'm expecting 50-plus wins. Gio's a complete liar, about 45 wins. <laughs> um, he's just – he's high on his Rams right now. He loves his Rams right now. I said 45 to 50 wins. If they get 50 wins, hey. I would rather you said fifty to fifty-five wins, and then we would have been best friends. Right now, we're just kind of we're just kind of flirting right now. No, <laughs> I don't man. think they can get to fifty-five, forty-five, fifty is my range. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll give you all my I'll on. give you all my predictions as far as like what I feel is going to happen. I think what we're going to see is the Spurs are going to come out strong out of the gate because they're going to have this youthfulness about them. They're going to have this energy. They're going to want to prove something to the league because basically right now everybody in the media is discounting them so they're going to come out angry and they're going to play mad i think it's going to carry them really well start off to start off the season what's going to happen midway through the season i think possibly even before they get to the all-star break they're going to hit a wall because there's still a lot of chemistry that they need to build up you know they're this is a, a younger team and they're going to have to get used to each other. There's some people, you know, that are on the team right now, some players that are already seen, you know, a year or two under, they have a year or two uh, of experience, I guess you could say, under their belts. But they have some some younger rookies that are coming in, and it's going to take a while for this team to gel. I still, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you, Carolina, in agreement with you, Rudy. I think the Spurs are going to have a 50-plus win season. I think they're going to do really well in that regard. Uh, I just don't see them going all the way to the big dance. I don't think that they're going to make it to the NBA Finals. I'm being realistic. I know all these other Spurs fans every year, they're like, we're going to make it back to the Finals. We're going to make it back to the Finals. Let's be realistic, guys. We're not going to make it back to the Finals. Not at least this season. I'm not saying that we're not going to return back in the next couple of years, but this season is a transition year for us. Now, we get past the first round of the playoffs, Man, that's to me, that's a, a huge success. That's going to me- exceed expectations, you know. But I think everybody's just got to come back down to earth a little bit and just support the team, regardless of what happens. Just go out there, have fun. We're not going to have Manu. That's just going to seem weird to me. I'm, it's going to be surreal. I mean, how do you feel about that, 
Carolina, did you shed a tear? Did you pour some out for Manu? Mm, no. <laughs> you didn't even no, shed didn't. one tear for Manu. Oh, man. I didn't. I didn't. I felt, I felt, I felt, I felt, I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm real, like, it was kind of like bittersweet. Felt like, you know, him retiring was the end of an era, if you will. But did I cry? No, I didn't. I was like more excited about the future. I've been thinking in my head a, a long time that this team is old. And I see a lot of, you know, like from an NBA standpoint, this team is getting older and older. And it seems like, you know, all these new teams are evolving. The West is so much stronger. And to me, it was just like, I'm really sad that it's the end of an era. I'm sad that he's gone, but I'm ready for a new change. I'm ready for the transition for the Spurs. I'm ready for them to get past the first round at some point. So I'm excited about the future. Yeah, so am I. I can't wait to just go, especially to the open scrimmage. I don't know if you, you know, you go Carolina or you go Rudy, but the Spurs open scrimmage, I've gone to it every no, year. Never. It's it's really cool. It's free. It's open to the public. But I was talking with my friend like Jeff Garcia, even Michael DeLeon, and some other people in the media. And when you cover the team and you write about it and you, you have your blog and you kind of blog about them and you podcast about them, when we go to these events, everybody around us is enjoying the game and they're just having a great time. And we're sitting there taking video and we're taking pictures and we're seeing it from a different perspective. We're actually looking at some of these players, like some of the younger younger guys, like the rookies, and we're trying to gauge where they're at and what we should expect, you know, and how they're going to grow for the upcoming season. So we see the game from a different perspective in that regard. So it's like, yeah, everybody else around us having fun and we're over here doing work. You know, we're over here having our heads in, inside of like looking down at a phone because we're trying to do you know uploads to social media at the same time we're watching the game so it's fun i get to hang around my friends and stuff and they're like hey hey look at this look at this and i'm like i can't dude i'm working i'm working i'm doing my thing right now so if you all get a chance to go and check out the you know open scrimmage that they're gonna have before the preseason starts i highly recommend checking it out it's a good time and you get to see what to expect out of these younger players that how can you not like lonnie walker's hair man i mean the hair is lit, right? Am I am I joking with that? I mean, somebody needs to do a mural with that hair, you know? How long do you think that hair lasts through the season, though? Oh man, it's gonna last. You don't all think season, Pop's dude. gonna make him cut that hair? Oh, I mean, hell oh no. military style and everything. <laughs> no, if anything, he should like like form it into shapes. You know, if it's gonna be like military like night or something. Yeah, he already is, yeah, I think. I agree. You know? he probably will be a fan forever. I, if you followed him on social media, I think that's why everybody likes him so much because he's very, like, a personable guy, you know? Like, he'll post stuff out there, and he's just, like, the everyday person, you know? Kind of like, uh, you know, DeJounte Murray. He's over here posting his stuff on social media. He's out there grinding, working hard and all that. Man, DeJounte looks like he's on a mission, man. He's, like, he's going to come out. You know what? He's going to come out angry, and he's going to have something to prove. But you know what? I'm looking... I'm so forward, you know, I'm so for this. I'm looking forward forward to this so bad. I want to mm -hmm. see DeJounte go up against the fake number two, man. I want to see him get reject the fake number two or just go straight at the fake number two and do like a nasty dunk, man. That would be like, man, I don't know. If he did that, if the <laughs> fake number two did play, man. Oh, you're gonna no, say he's not going to play. He's going to play. Go ahead, Carolina. 
so sad. My, I was gonna say, speaking of fan favorite, so like Lonnie Walker is like my favorite, but then Dejounte Murray just came out with the YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen yeah. some of his episodes um, with Jilly, and I just think that he's like my favorite player now at the moment. Like I really love Dejounte Murray. He's like one of my favorite players right now. Yeah, cause... but I feel like the person who's gonna play with the biggest chip on the shoulder is Demar Derozan. Oh, no mm-hmm. doubt. On the first team, and nobody's gonna be playing with a bigger chip than him. He's angry. He's gonna play angry. You know, he's mad right now because of what happened to him. And I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. I mean, you, you had somebody that you trusted and you called brother, and then they go and kind of, you know, stab you in the back and betray you. Don't even have the guts to tell you, hey, we're we're already talking about, you know, trading you. I mean, you tell them, no, you're fine, you're you're okay, and then to find out you get traded just like that, and you see it all over social media. It's like what happened man it's like you don't you don't treat family that way you know it's a business you know how it is now yeah <laughs> True I, mean, that. I think about it from the owner's perspective too like what if he what if you know he said you know they could at least had a conversation and told me they were thinking about trading me but what if they say they did tell him that and the deal didn't go through then he'd be like well i knew y'all were gonna want to trade me in the first place so i mean it's a double-edged yeah. sword in my opinion yeah, but so you know, just, I'm I'm from the old school way though. You know, we're we're Mexicanos. <laughs> you know, we're well, me and Rudy. We're Latinos. You know, and the way you handle your business is if you have something to say mm-hmm. about somebody or you want to, you know, handle business, you do it face to face, man to man. You know, hey, I'll be straight up with you, bro. This is yep. what's gonna happen. I rather you hear it from me than hear it from somebody else. That that to me, and I'll say it. I don't care. I'm gonna go and be kind of like the rated R podcast guys that's a chicken shit move Uh-oh. you don't do that kind of stuff you know and that's why you know yeah. demar Derozan's mad he's like you know what the hell with this guy i don't trust him we ain't friends no more you know so it is what it is on that end i i, I want to see either demar Derozan or Dejounte murray just go up straight to that fake number two and just dunk it on him and i want to see that here in san antonio and i want the crowd to get loud and erupt i mean that would be so awesome that would be the dunk heard around the world (laughs) wouldn't it just be so satisfying to you guys if you see him get like dunked on just so nasty you know well i mean you're you're actually taking it pretty easy on the fake number two because you just want him to get dunked on or blocked or anything I'm going to speak for the real Spurs fans on the west side of town and say I would love to have Davis Bertans when he goes up for a dunk or something, just hit him straight in the nuts and just end his night, possibly his career. You know what? Manu Ginobili. Manu Ginobili. I'm sorry, Carolina. I'm sorry. But this is this is the rated R side that comes out sometimes. Manu Ginobili gave up. A testicle for San Antonio. Yeah, he gave why up his left one. Why can't we do the same for the fake number two? I, think, I mean, think that's why I want to shed a tear for Manu. Or a cheek or something like that. Yeah, that's why I want to shed a tear for Manu, man, because the the brother gave up his left one for us, you know. And you know, coming back to you know, you're talking about the fake number two, and just you know, hey, let's just hit him right in the nuts. The problem is he ain't got mm-hmm. none. He's got to go and ask Uncle Dennis if he can have him maybe for that game. You know, because Uncle Dennis has his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh well, we're going to go ahead and move on. with. Yeah. Too much nut talk. 
<laughs> for real man that's why i said we're gonna move on now we're digressing we're gonna move on <laughs> so we're gonna talk about boris dl you know say hey you know what we had manu retire and now we have bobo retire i was hoping you know that we maybe would see bobo come back you know old boris dl come back at least for one more season you know show us something i want him to come back and play for the spurs you know we got marco back why couldn't we get bobo you know, Boris Diaz is a fan favorite, man. So, you know, I just wish him nothing but the best. You know, I'm always going to remember Boris Diaz as a, an NBA championship, NBA champion because without Boris, he was an instrumental part in the Spurs going on that championship run in 2014. I mean, he was part of the beautiful game. Boris Diaz, yes, he was a little bit older. He was a little bit slower. But damn it, that dude could get to, this, to his points that he needed to get to on the floor. He just had a way of being like real savvy, you know, kind of like Manu. You just go in there and you just know how to get to your spots. And he would do a lot of the little things. So I'm going to miss Boris, you know. I know he's going to be out there drinking his wine, traveling the world. And Boris, <laughs> Doris DL is a badass, man. If I, if, I, if I die and get reincarnated, I want to come back as Boris DL. He's my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you feel, Carolina? How did you feel about Boris DL retiring? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Like, you know how I thought about Manu? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, um, about him retiring. Um, you know, I feel I get real sad when I mean I I do get a little bit sad when the players retire. I like I I'm I guess maybe because I'm. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl or if I'm, it's because I'm a cancer, but I always think about the aftermath. You know, I always think about after someone retires, you know, I know athletes are very emotional creatures and athletes are very sensitive. And, you know, you have those glory days. I mean, I feel like he fulfilled everything he needed to fulfill. I mean, he's very blessed as a basketball player. He got a championship and a lot, a lot, a lot of people in the NBA do not get a championship. So he accomplished his goal by getting a championship. He played with a world, world-class team. And I feel like the aftermath, I want him to enjoy the retirement. I want him to just be happy. Um, I hope he doesn't get sad about it because I saw an article that the reason why he decided to retire was because of lack of team interest, you know, in acquiring him. So I hope that he doesn't get down because of that and he just continues to live his life. So I hope that he, you know, if we do see him out in public or if anybody sees him, they appreciate him and they show him love, whether it be on Twitter or any, you know, any of his social media handles, you know, just show him appreciation and support because I feel like a big part of his reason for retiring like he said was lack of team interest so i really hope it doesn't affect him you know in an emotional way but i feel like he did a lot and he needs to remember those things you know the the good things that he brought you know within his career yeah and what about you jill how did you feel about boris i know you're a big spurs fan you know boris high basketball iq you know just watching him play in 2014 just the passes the shots i mean just everything he did was for a purpose. And I remember in 2014, I mean, some can say he should have won MVP. I mean, the things he were doing in that series was tremendous. The guy is, I mean, for him being a pretty big dude, I mean, he can move around. He was slick with the ball, and he was a big part of that team. Um, it was kind of sad to see him go. I, I felt like he had a few more years left in the tank, but uh, 
I follow him on social media. I mean, that guy, he travels. He loves his wine. So um, yeah, yeah. I can definitely remember 2014, just a big part of that team. I think he's one of the main reasons why we won a championship that year. No doubt, man. Boris was a big part of that. And how did you feel, Rudy? I know you're very vocal. How did you feel about Boris uh, retiring this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty vocal most times, but when it comes to Boris Diaw, I'm just going to say, you know, it's it was a pleasure to watch him play for sure. Uh, definitely one of the big men out there that could play at a, uh, you know, it's not a slow level, slow motion, but it was at the right pace, you know, for a big guy. He had an IQ of a point guard. You know, he had the body of maybe Oliver Miller for a little while there. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, he just had that IQ that Spurs basketball needed for sure. And I'm glad he's retired. You know, he doesn't have anything left to prove, just like Manu and everybody else that's retired. He had nothing left to prove. Just, hey, you know, stay on your yacht forever. Drink the wine. Do whatever you want. And, like, you know, one guy does say on the radio, winners get to do what they do. So, Boris, do what you want to do. Yeah, right. Pour some out for Boris, man. Going to miss you, man. So we're going to go ahead and move on now. We're going to go ahead and talk about our NFL predictions. You know, what do you guys think is going to happen? I know, I know, Gio, you're a big-time Rams fan, man. But I'm sorry to say they ain't going to go to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> Let me guess your Cowboys, Joe? Huh? Yeah, hey. I'm a Cowboys <laughs> fan, but I'm realistic, man. I, I'm going to tell you guys what I think was going to happen with them. But we're going to start off with Carolina. <laughs> Carolina, let us know what your predictions are for the NFL this season. Mm, I got a lot of predictions, but I'm going to go with the one that is, like, the most fun for me. Um, I think the team that is going to surprise us the most this season is the Texans. Um in the AFC South, I feel like, you know, the reason why I feel like the Texans are going to surprise us because they came in last in the division last year. They really struggled. Um, they were um, short J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson, Whitney Marcellus, and, you know, they're so much more healthier now, and they also have the second easiest or second easiest schedule in the NFL. So I feel like their schedule is going to be a lot easier this year. And, you know, a part of me is, like, just between the Texans and the Jaguars, but I feel like the Texans are actually going to come on top in the division. I feel like one team in the NFL that goes from the bottom to the top, and I feel like that team this year is the Texans. They have a lot to prove this year, and I think they're going to actually prove it. So what are your predictions for the Cowboys? Uh, uh, truthfully, I don't... I mean, I, I hope there's not a lot of Cowboys fans that listen to this podcast. You can say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I, I, I'm a little bit concerned about the Cowboys this year. I don't think that they're going to make it to the playoffs. I saw a lot of predictions online that people think they are going to make it to the playoffs, but I really don't, only because... You know, I feel like there's a lack of a wide receiver. And also, I feel like Kellen Moore is a huge issue since he's the quarterback coach now for the Cowboys. And it seems like their secondary isn't that great either. I mean, obviously, you saw how their secondary was failing, you know, in the preseason. So if anybody, God forbid, gets injured, that's going to be a huge issue. And I also feel like Dak, you know, he this is going to be Dak's year to prove whether he stands out or not. And I do feel like 
he's not going to be able to succeed well with Kellen Moore as his quarterback coach. So I don't see that happening. And I also see them using Ezekiel Elliott a whole lot more um, due to the fact that he, you know, they don't have any strong wide receivers in my opinion. So I just don't, you know, see the Cowboys faring too well this season, especially going against the Eagles. You just saw how they played on Thursday. You know, they came back and won the game uh, against the Falcons. And the Eagles are doing really good as well. So I just kind of see them not – I mean, even if they do make it to the top of the division, I don't see them winning the championship this year, only because I see a lot of, you know, lacking in the coaching department. Yeah. Well, at least you're speaking the truth. You know, you're speaking what, what you're feeling. So that's fine. You know, I, I respect that. But mm-hmm. I got to ask you, who are your picks to go to the Super Bowl? What two teams are we going <laughs> to see going at it in, in the Super Bowl? Wh- who do you got? Uh, do you want me to be delusional? No, do just you want me to be. Just tell me. What do you think? Uh, pick. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I have to break it down to my opinion. I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, um, I don't know. You say the Houston Oilers. I'm done no. with you. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm thinking it's like a hard. I don't know. AFC. I'm thinking maybe the Patriots. Like the Patriots is so predictable. If I pick the AFC to win, yeah. you know the AFC. But I think another one that I would pick is the Chargers as well. I think that they have a favorable favorable schedule. They have the third easiest schedule in the NFL, and. They only face two of the top NFL teams this season, so I feel like they're gonna have really easy, you know, opportunities to win. They have three games will be they'll be more rested than their opponents, and they are the only team in the division that have an above average off in their division that have an above average offense and an above average defense. And they have Bosa and Melvin Ingram, the past rushing duo as well. So I feel like maybe the Chargers will make it uh, to the Super Bowl just because for those reasons. And then the NFC North, I'm going to go with my Bears. <laughs> the Bears. <laughs> Even though they're like in, Ve- in, in Vegas, Vegas, they're, you know, last in the division. But this is me because I'm delusional. Um, <laughs> I feel like, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on us, okay? We have the 10 <laughs> best defense in the NFL, and we just picked up Khalil Mack. Oh, and we're my. going up against Aaron Rodgers this week, so he's going to be, you know, vaxxing all over him. We do have a tough <laughs> schedule, but... Um, I wouldn't put it past us. <laughs> Damn. No, it's just, that is a delusional pick. My, the, my bears, the, bears, man. the Bears. The Bears, man. The Bears. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. No, but but if I, if I really, uh, if I do, honestly, if I really do have the pick, I really think that the standout team, honestly, is everybody sleeping on the Rams. I feel like everybody's asleep on that team, and I feel like the Rams do have a lot of potential to make it to the top of the NFC. And if not them, then realistically, I'm going to have to go with the Packers. All right. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't get injured. If he doesn't get injured. He's always get this. He's always getting, getting these hamstring injuries. It seems like maybe three, four games into the season. So we're just going to have to see if that's going to be able to hold up. The problem with Aaron Rodgers is that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be running. You should just let your offensive line protect you. And just drop back and pass the ball. Once you start running, he's going to pull his hamstring. He just needs to just learn to slide. Just learn to slide. Slide all the way, Aaron Rodgers, and you'll be good. I think well, when he starts gonna, running, he gets in trouble. A, he's got a new problem on his hands, and that person is Khalil Mack. I'm just letting you know oh, right now. Oh, man. We're strolling all over him in week one. You better believe it. 
There you are. There you I'm go. I'm drinking the juice because I agree. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and go with you, Rudy. What are your predictions for the NFL this season? Oh, man, you caught me at the wrong time, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. You got to change it up, I'm going to just go. No, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it because I'm gonna. I was gonna piss Gio off, but I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna give you straight division winners. AFC West. I've got the Chargers. You know the Powder Blues coming back this season. They're gonna. They're gonna make noise. AFC North. Uh, do I have a North? Yeah, AFC North. It's the Patriots. I love the Jets. To be honest with you, Robbie Anderson's gonna have a great year. Sam Darnold starting. I love that one-two punch they've got. But the Patriots are going to win for obvious reasons. Uh, no, that was the East. I'm sorry. AFC North. I got Pittsburgh, even though I feel Cleveland will win five games. Baltimore is the sleeper pick in that division. Cincinnati is garbage. They are a dumpster fire every <laughs> single year. AFC South, the Houston Texans. There's nobody that can be with them in that division. As long as they stay healthy, they're going to be that princess pick of the entire season. Uh, we're going to go... NFC West, I'm going to give it to the Rams just because Gio's my friend. NFC oh, North, on, I've got <laughs> NFC North. I, I'm sorry, Carolina. I have the Vikings winning. I uh, love that he made a perfect case for the Bears. They have a top 10 defense, especially with Khalil Mack. And I am a North Carolina diehard fan, so I love me some Trubisky, but he's still not ready. They're not quite there yet. So give me the Vikings. NFC East is the Eagles. Cowboys, I am a Cowboy fan by marriage, so I have to cheer for them. <laughs> I do not want to go through divorce again, so I am a Cowboy fan by marriage. But give me the Eagles in the East. And, of course, the NFC South, being that I am probably one of the only Falcons fans in San Antonio, and it kills me, I'm taking the Saints. The Falcons are absolute garbage. Matt Ryan, I hate you. I wish you would never be the quarterback for the Falcons. Every year is the same trash. So give me the Saints in the South. Super Bowl prediction, Rams, Chargers are my Super Bowl prediction. No, but I shut up. I don't <laughs> – you know what? Hey, we got, we got the same pick. You know yeah, what? You know what? Got, I'm going to tell you Chargers this. Now. I'm going to tell you this, Rudy. I felt for you the other day when I was watching your Falcons go up against the, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm a rowdy – diehard yeah. cowboy fan and i hate me some philadelphia eagles i call them la letusas cagadas i can't stand them and i <laughs> you know man it was bad just watching them beat up on your falcons because man the falcons they had their opportunities but they just can't score when they get in the red zone man i don't know what the deal is you know you gotta you, you got more receivers a, you we, know we have a crappy offensive coordinator. And I'm being nice. Crappy is being really nice He's right bad. now. He's really, really We bad. have a horrible offensive coordinator. And Matt Ryan at quarterback, I seriously, seriously wish somebody at the end of the season would just throw his ass in the Gulf. You want him to get laid out? You want him to get so laid out? So we don't out? have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> well, you still owe him $100 million. So, I mean. I don't care. I don't care. Add a, ta <laughs> add a hotel tax to the city. I don't care. Pay it off that way. This sucks being a Falcon fan that I had to go out and buy my own title just so I can celebrate a Falcons championship because I will never see one. I will never see one in my lifetime. So, hey. Falcons, this is for you because I'm celebrating on my own. Hey, do they give uh, second place trophies? 
This is it right here. Literally right here. Literally. This is my second place. Is that trophy made with real tears? <laughs> oh, man. Tears, sweat, blood, everything, man. It's, it's right here. It's going to stay here forever. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to Gio because I know Gio's been just waiting to jump on this, man. What are your predictions? Come on, Gio. Let me have it, man. The NFC West, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I just think mm. they're the best team in that division. San Francisco, I think uh, they have improved, um, but not in the way Vegas thinks so. So the yeah. Rams are going to win that division. The NFC South, I'm going with the Saints. Just the running of the football and that defense uh, is just going to be really good this year. And in the North, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. I think the Packers' defense improves enough for Aaron Rodgers to what? win the Somebody. NFC. No, it's going to be really difficult. I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, the $32 million <laughs> man. Uh, and the Bears, um, the Bears are still the, the Bears. Bears to me at this point. So. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, no, their defense. Even with Khalil Mack, man, really come good. on. Where our defense is already top 10. Listen. <laughs> I think they're going to be a good defense. Matt Nagy is aggressive offensively. And we're number one in the division right now preseason. Which oh, is man. Still. I'm sorry, but Aaron Rodgers, the baddest man. I think he's going to get it done this year. And in the NFC East, this is my uh, this was a tough one for me because it's easy to pick the Philadelphia Eagles, but I think the New York Giants and what they've been doing there, I think that defense improves. I'm going to go with the Eagles, but watch out for the Giants. I think this could be a, a dark horse team um, there. And in they the need year, a quarterback. Just give Eli one more year. Let's see what he does. Man, he's, he's already done, machine, dude. Eli's already loose, done. Okay? He was done two <laughs> years ago. He was done two years ago. The, the only way that he's going to get... <laughs> the only way Eli is going to be done for sure is somebody's going to have to lay him out and he's going to be carted off on a stretcher. <laughs> Finally, he's over and done with, man. Listen, listen. I think Eli has one last run at him and who knows, it could be this year. <laughs> and the AMC West, go Chargers, go. I think the Chargers mm-hmm. in that offense, I just think they're the best team in that division. The Kansas City Chiefs, they're going to have one of the worst secondaries in football. Pat Mahomes... He's great, but I just don't think they have enough. The Raiders, I think they're going to be hot garbage this year. <laughs> um, that team is going to be atrocious. So anyway, the Chargers, the AFC East, of course, the New England Patriots. Um, I don't think no one has, has really a shot. And the AFC South, I'm sorry. I'm going with Jacksonville. Give me some Jacksonville. Give me running the football. They're going to make games ugly, which means they're always going to be in those games uh Though I don't think that their receiving core not very good. Texans might have the better team, but I think Jacksonville, I think they get it done. Uh, and the AFC North, I have to pick Pittsburgh just because they're the better team, though that team mm-hmm. is very dysfunctional. And I'm going to disagree with Rudy. I think the Bengals. Oh, God. I don't think they're hot garbage. Oh, man. I think that. that no, I said they were a dumpster that, fire. Oh, okay. Well, that's basically the same thing as hot garbage. I think the Bengals. <clears throat> I mean, I could be out of my mind. Maybe I drank too much wine uh, today, but I think Marvin Lewis, that's a dark horse team, I think, in that division. 
And in the Super Bowl, I'm going to go with my Rams in the NFC. And in the AFC, I'm going to pick what Vegas thinks. I'm going to go with the Patriots. A rematch of the 2001 Super Bowl, Rams and Patriots. Um, But I do think the Chargers are definitely a dark horse. And in the NFC, I think the Saints, I think Drew Brees, he's tremendous. Um, I don't think the Eagles... I don't think they get back, but definitely the Saints and the Chargers are my two dark horse teams. Um, and, and Todd Gurley <laughs> will win MVP, of course. No so. man. All oh, right. Wait. And the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. My girlfriend's dad is a Cowboy fan, unfortunately. So. Um, Rams suck. The Cowboys. <laughs> uh, they're gonna. They're probably gonna give the ball to Zeke 400 times this year. Um, so that receiving, <laughs> that receiving core. Is dumpster garbage, and I'll say eight and eight. Damn, you're more generous you than I was, man. Yeah, more generous yeah, than I am. More generous. I have them at. I had them originally at like five and eleven, maybe no. six and ten. Listen, man, Zeke is—he's a real thing. Though I have him in fantasy, so I might be rooting for him. But wait, you're missing <laughs> Travis Frederick. You're missing your starting center. You've had Martin, who was hurt through the preseason. Smith is injury prone. That offensive line goes down. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't mean shit to the Cowboys. Yeah, not only that, but you got rid of the golden leg of Dan Bailey. You know, you got rid of Dan Bailey, man. Who's going to help you win some close games with the field goal? Oh, I forgot about that, too. (laughs) I'm telling you guys, Ezekiel Elliott is going to get about 1,600 yards this year. They're going to run him to the ground, but... Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. We'll take this. We'll do December... Understand why Scott Linehan made Kellen Moore the quarterback coach with zero experience. That I just don't understand that. That was a terrible. Decision. You, you got to think like Jerry terrible. Jones. Jerry Jones likes to put people in positions that he can control. When you become part of the Cowboys yep, staff, you're essentially a puppet, <laughs> just like Jason Garrett. If he can't control you, he doesn't want nothing to do with you. So the best thing that can happen for the Dallas Cowboys is if Jerry Jones gets died. Once he dies, thank God the Cowboys will be relevant again. <laughs> but that won't happen as long as Jerry's still kicking, you know? <laughs> Welcome to the Rated R podcast. Yeah, for Jerry real. Jerry wants to be the main focal point. <laughs> yeah, that's Jerry Jones. You know, okay, December 9th of this season, you've got the Rams traveling to Chicago. I think I see a future bet in this between Carolina and uh, Geo here. <laughs> you know, we have something going because you have the Rams versus the Bears going into Chicago. It's going to be snowing. I don't think the Rams are going to beat the Bears that night, in my opinion. There well, you Rudy, go. It doesn't matter what you think, Rudy. Well, if you, want me matter. if you want me to be realistic about that, too, every time we play at Soldier Field, it seems like we lose. We we winning an away game, so I'm like, why? So if it's at Soldier Field, I'm I'm gonna bet on the Rams. I might be going to that game. It's up in the air, but uh, I might make the trip. Uh, to really? I, I, you oh know my what? God. Well, you know what? You if I, you better be careful. Watch your back. So, <laughs> much, I'm just letting you know no, right now. I'm not too much into <laughs> snow, so if it's pouring, I'm gonna make the trip, but. Um, I, I mean the Rams. That could be a trap game. That could be a game where they're not really interested in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very well trap game. It'll be 
be a great game. You know, but we probably honestly we're gonna. I'm just kidding. We're gonna stop all over y'all. Be ready. I'm not sure if you guys were aware, <laughs> but there was a report that came out from the LA Times that the Rams actually offered a trade proposal for Kilio Mack. I heard about that. Yes, I saw yeah, that. I think they offered uh, two second round picks uh, and then another third. If the Rams would have got Khalil Mack, it it would have been, been over. Yeah. It would have yeah. been over with. I think Carolina so, would have so been a Rams was, fan at that did point. They, did they offer him a less amount? Did hmm? they offer him a less amount than the $23 million a year? Is that why it didn't go through? No, I think the draft picks were better. The draft picks, yeah. From yeah. What Oakland was offering. Oh, okay. Because okay. Oakland was there offering were picks. Uh, two first, Rams were offering uh, two seconds. So I don't think the Raiders wanted to trade him to another California team. No. So they yeah. probably tried to send him as far as they could. They can't send him to, uh, uh, to Canada. Kind of like, like what uh, they did with the fake number two. They shipped his ass all the way to <laughs> Siberia, that, man. That <laughs> They couldn't ship him there, but they shipped him to Chicago. But uh, it would have been more interesting. Been again. Mm-hmm. Been yeah. If the Rams would have got Khalil Mack, which I, it seemed to me the Rams have a lot of money. I'm not sure where they got this money from. Uh, but if, uh, if the Rams would have got Khalil Mack, you wouldn't be showing us your Rams jersey right now. You probably would be showing us that Super Bowl trophy you would have gotten tattooed on your left butt cheek, I'm sure, <laughs> for them winning the title this year. Yeah, but you got to shave that butt cheek first, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, shave the butt cheek. You don't it's a tattoo. Theory, so, uh, <laughs> is that what y'all talk about on this podcast? Nuts not on this one. No, <laughs> not on this one. Is little, uh, it's even more racier why, than this. Why yeah. do the fingers... Been on why do the fingers? Oh like, why do the God. fingers always get pointed at me? It's sports talk with a little, no, a little bit of edge, on the, tad bit on of the rated R podcast. They go into detail about how how Kawhi Leonard, which I'm going to mention his name right now, got the pink eye. That's a story that we need to discuss off off the air. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a whole show in itself. Yeah, that he was, got uh, some moho, man. <laughs> Hey, but I'm going to give you all my picks, man, real quick. I think in the AFC East, I got the Patriots winning that. I think they're going to go 12-4 and four this season. I think the Lonely Jets. Not the Jets, Joe? Not the Jets? The Jets are going to be 8-8. Eight and eight. They're going to be a 500 team. <laughs> Let's come on now, Gio. And the Dolphins are going to have – I have the Dolphins going 6-10. and 10, And the Bills, they're going to stink it up at 3-13, and 13, man. So then I got oh, out of the AFC North – I think the Steelers are going to have a better season. I have them. I have them going eleven and five. I gotta say, man, I'm torn between the Bengals and the Ravens. I don't really believe in the Bengals. I have the Bengals going eight and eight. I kind of have the Ravens going. I want to say ten and six this year, man. And the Browns. I'll be surprised if they win more than three games. I have the Browns going three and thirteen, man. Have you seen oh, Joe man. Flacco throw a ball lately? I have, man, but you know, I've just—it's just this team, man. The Ravens are just this team that'll just stick around, man. They're gonna just stick around and stick around, and then if they get to the playoffs, they just have a way of making things happen. So that's why I picked them the way I did. I will agree with that. They're a much better playoff team than, than they, they are regular season. season. Yeah, for sure. AFC South, I got the Texans, man. I got the Texans going eleven and five. I got the Jaguars right behind them at ten and six. After that, man, the Titans seven and nine, the Colts six and ten. 
So out of the AFC West, I got the Chargers, 10-6. and six. I think they're going to have a better season. The Chiefs, I don't believe in the Chiefs, man. I, I still have them having a decent season going 9-7. and seven. The Raiders, 6-10. and 10, And the Broncos, 6-10, and 10, man. So now out of the NFC East, I got the Eagles, man. I got the Eagles going 10-6. and six. Right after the Eagles, I got the Redskins, man. I think the Redskins might go 9-7 and seven this season. And then I got the Cowboys going 6-10. and 10. And I got the Giants below them at going 5-11. And, <laughs> and Joe's a Cowboy fan? Come on, I'm a Joe. Cowboy fan, man, but I'm being realistic. When you, look realist. at, when you look at it, <laughs> I think a lot of teams have already figured out Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is just a mediocre quarterback. He's not the second coming of Aaron Rodgers or any of these, you know, superstar quarterbacks. He's not. You know, he can't he can't really run and then kind of just try to pass the ball. He's not that Tony Romo type of quarterback. He's not good on the run. Now he's good when he steps back back in the pocket and he has coverage where he has time to make a pass. He's good in those types of situations. But I don't think that Dak Prescott is going to really flourish as a quarterback as long as Jason Garrett is the coach. If we had a different coach, I almost guarantee that Dak Prescott would probably be a better quarterback. But I'm just being honest, man. And also, we don't have a secondary. You know, and we have questions at wideout. Who's going to be the wideouts? You know, our receiving core. You know, we're, we know they're going to run the ball like hell. They're going to run the hell out of the ball. But once teams learn to to figure that out, which they're going to figure it out fairly quickly, you become a one-dimensional team. That's why I think it's going to be hard for them to get over six wins this season. So out of the NFC North, man, I got the Packers going 12-4. and four. I think they're going to be really good this season. Vikings, I got the Vikings going 11-5. and five. The Lions, 6-10. and 10. And the Bears, dead last at 5-11. and 11. <laughs> Now... NFC I don't think Carolina's going to come on the show anymore. Yeah, NFC South. I got the Falcons going 11 and 5. The Saints going 10 and 6. Panthers. Wait, there's always, you know what? I'm 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 going to keep Yes. The Falcons. The Falcons. I guess Joe didn't watch did, I guess Joe didn't watch that game on Thursday at all. Did, I did. Yeah, Joe, did you not see that trash can throwing to Julio Jones on I saw it, man, but I'm just telling you that's kind of like what I'm feeling, man. Falcons going 11-5, okay. Saints 10-6, and six, Panthers 7-9, and nine, and the Buccaneers, of course, man, 2-14. and 14, Probably the worst team in all of the NFL this season. So my <laughs> predictions <laughs> for the NFC, NFC West, I got your Rams going 11-5. The Seattle Seahawks 10-6, and six, 49ers 8-8, eight and eight, Cardinals, I got them 5-11. Why now Seahawks, huh? Seahawks are losing a little bit, man. They're they're missing. Uh, you're gonna miss uh, Sherman, you know. Now that he's over there with the 49ers, but out of the my prediction for the actual big game for the for the Super Bowl, I know you aren't gonna believe this, man. But I got the Green Bay Packers against the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> And that's I like my, that pick, Joe. That's my prediction. The courage for the of Super your conviction. Bowl. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little different, you know, I'm a little, I picked a little bit different than you guys, but I believe that, I, I believe that that, there's a good possibility that that could happen, that that's just me, you know, so, I'm sorry, Carolina, I had to do your bears like that, but. <laughs> At the end of the year, we should watch this it's podcast okay. again. It's okay, because, you know what, you know, the underdog always gets the last laugh. You know, there's always a surprising team. This, and I know we haven't won anything since 1985, but this is our year. <laughs> oh man, she is right. Though. I mean, she is right. Every year, I mean, last year no one picked the Rams to win 11 games. Yeah, look what they did. True enough. So, you know, they surprised everybody. If I'm going to pick a team who didn't make the playoffs last year to make the playoffs this year. Then I'm going to go with well, the Packers didn't make it last year, did they? No. I guess. Packers were riddled really with a, injury. That's not really a good pick, though. Oh, no. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, man. If Josh Gordon can stay off the weed, then... No, nah, that ain't going to happen, though. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't going to happen. The guy grows it in his closet. It ain't happening. <laughs> I have Josh Gordon in two leagues. I need him to stay off the weed, man. He ain't going to do it, <laughs> I'll, man. I'll give you a player to watch. I'll give you a player to watch this year. He's a rookie, and he actually does play for the Bears, and that's Anthony Miller. The Bears. That dude's going to have a great year this year. And for fantasy purposes, pick him up. You know him. Uh, and Cole from Jacksonville, that guy, that receiver, yeah, they're both going to be good this year. They're both under the radar. I feel like two players that we should be watching is Tremaine Edwins on the Buffalo Bills. I think mm-hmm. he's sick. Um, and he's going to be, I think he's going to be a starter too. He's going to be really promising for the Buffalo Bills. So I think he's somebody to look out for. Um, and it's going to end up being a great player. And I also think another person that everybody should look out for is Roquan Smith. Think he's going to be a great one. No, I agree with you on that one. I think he's going to have a good season. College football team. All right, so we're going to go ahead and talk. We're going to go ahead and move on here, and we're going to talk about our last topic on today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast, and that's going to be talking a little bit about celebrity deaths. We lost the Bandit, Rip Bandit. We lost Burt Reynolds, man, an icon. I always remember him from Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. The first Cannonball Run was funny as hell, man. I loved that movie. But, you know, we lost him. And then we lost mm-hmm. we lost another celebrity. What was his name? Mac Miller. There we go. It slipped my mind for a second. We lost Mac Miller at the age of 26. And everybody was blaming Ariana Grande for that. She had to actually turn off her Instagram notifications because of all the hate she was getting, you know, on social media. So that's awful, <laughs> man. I mean, the guy just couldn't let go of the drug. That's that was his vice. Everybody has their demons, but it's sad to see somebody go that that was that you know at least twenty six years of age. He's really young, and he was also very talented. So you know everybody's going to be feeling that loss for for a while. And then we also had a uh, some celebrity news to report. We had the altercation with Cardi B and Nicki Minaj the other day. <laughs> hey man, this right. was getting this is getting personal, man. Because would you say? Would you consider? Sorry, would you consider uh, Nicki Minaj a celebrity death this weekend? Because she was hiding in the wall, and nobody has her on film on TMZ. Yeah, for real, you know. But you know, they they had her at the event, you know, where 
where Cardi B was at, and they, they kind of showed some video from different angles where they showed Cardi B was throwing, like, she threw her shoe, then she tried to lay hands on her, and somebody from Nicki Minaj's entourage kind of stepped in, and they clocked her. They, she had, like, a big old mouse on the top of her head, you know, and they escorted her out of the, the, the event. But the reason mm -hmm. she did that is that you don't talk about somebody you know questioning somebody's as far as like being a mom and then you're saying you know hey talking stuff about their kids and what kind of a mom she is and you don't do that stuff to people that's personal you know so there's no wonder she got mad and she wanted to lay hands on her but i guess this had been brewing for a while because yeah. i know females man when they want to handle their business they go all out <laughs> if a man gets in a fight at a bar it's usually because his girlfriend did something you know or his wife did something. Uh oh, did we lose Joe? Hope no, not. I'm still here, man. Okay, just making sure we hey, we love you. We love you. Let me tell you something, Joe. This this uh, Nikki Cardi thing is like really big in girl world. So our all of my group texts have been blowing up. We've been talking about this <laughs> all day. I really feel like uh, Nikki, like. Like we follow it really closely, so yeah. Nikki has been poking the bear for a really long time, and Cardi finally snapped. So that's why everybody's on Team Cardi pretty much because uh, she finally got what she deserved because she just keeps talking mess and talking mess and talking mess. And yep. you know, us girls can only hold things in for so long before we retaliate. Before it gets real, because I know how females are, especially Latinas. You know, you get a Latina fired right, up. Joe, say it, Joe, you get a Latina fired up. It's all over now. <laughs> yeah. I think we all know that from experience. Oh, yeah, man. No yeah. doubt. You get a Latina mad at you. You ain't going to win that argument, man. Just say, it's my fault. I did bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Don't I make still have Echo and Mexico on my back, I tattooed on my back. I have a quick question, Joe. Yeah. Speaking of women, did you see Serena Williams? Um, she lost the U.S. Open today. Did anybody see that? No, I didn't I see did. that she lost the U.S. I Open. Yeah. She lost the U.S. Open today? Wow. Yeah, but she also did something, too. I, I think she was arguing with uh, one of... I think with the chair the chair on. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, she, she was arguing. She was, uh, you know, in the U.S. Open against Osaka, Osaka, was it Osaka? Naomi Osaka. Yeah. She's the first Japanese player to win. And during the match, the umpire did a call that is rarely ever called. Um, they deducted a point for her for cheating because the umpire threw a thumbs up sign. So she went to the umpire. She went off on him and was like, I'm not a cheater. You know, I'd rather lose before I cheat. And then she was so emotional and angry. She broke her racket. Then they deducted a point off of her for that. So then she told the umpire that he owed her an apology. So he took a whole game away from her. So I feel like, you know, like she's been dealing with race issues for so long. She's the most um, drug tennis player in you in tennis. She's got drug tested five times within the past year than any tennis player. Then she's dealing with, you know, the dress code stuff that she's been dealing with. And on top of that, they've been giving her for things that they don't give Andre Agassi or other people so I feel like it finally got to her and she got super emotional so during the ceremony speech after Miss um, Naomi won she she couldn't even she cried she felt real guilty and she couldn't even like 
pulled back and it was just like a very weird trophy ceremony but I think they held it they were really sportsmanlike and they you know handled it with class because the whole entire crowd was booing the winner and it was and Serena had to pull it back it was very emotional I, I hadn't seen anything like it in tennis ever maybe they just were doing that because like you were saying they just didn't want her to win you know they had to find some way to to take this away from her you know and that's probably what she was feeling like you said she already had a lot to deal with you know and this dress code thing to me that's just silly the reason too that she was wearing that suit that kind of cat suit thing that she had on it was all black she said look i just wanted to you know kind of like pay homage to the movie the black panther you know and not only that but she just finished having a kid she almost passed away when she had her child because she had blood clots so after that you kind of have to wear stuff because i know because my wife you know you have to wear compression you know garments that kind of you know give get everything real tight to you especially like after you give birth and whatnot you know so it's like i just i just feel like the attacks that they have on her are kind of unwarranted kind of the same thing that's been going on with this colin kaepernick's you know business too we're going to talk a little bit about this because i want to dive too much into it but you know it's just the thing with the colin kaepernick and nike thing i think it just gets way built you know way out of proportion where people are, are burning shoes and saying he's disrespecting the flag and he he's a disgrace and that you know he's upsetting upsetting veterans you know it was a veteran that he talked to that told him to take this stance if he felt you know very strongly about it so the reason that he does that or he was doing that is to bring awareness to you know that hey there needs to be a change you know there needs to be about bring he wanted to bring about a change and the change was equality you know it has more to do with just racism it has to do with not black and not white not mexican that doesn't matter the color of your skin or your religious beliefs the core message at the end of the day is equality for everyone equal rights for everybody regardless of where you come from or the color of your skin and i think the message gets lost because the only thing that people always see is oh we see a black man that's taking a knee during the the national anthem it's not about that it's something so much more and the same thing happened with nike everybody all this backlash with nike and oh he's going to be the new spokesperson the new face for nike and then the ad drops and if you saw the ad the ad was it was a powerful message and it was empowering because what the whole ad was telling you follow your dream you know no matter what people tell you and they can tell you that you're never going to achieve it or you're crazy for believing that you got to dream big and you got to have big dreams to chase after them and it feels more satisfying when you're able to actually have those dreams come to fruition because there's a lot of work that goes into achieving your dreams and i think the ad said it beautifully now you have a lot of people who disagree and i, and I understand where people are coming from because i have a lot of family that are both police officers and have served our country which are ex-veterans so i get to hear it from everybody but at the end of the day the thing that makes the united states such a great country is we have something called the freedom of speech and everybody has a right to believe and to talk about these subjects now do we all have to agree no but you know what at the end of the day regardless of all these things that are going on instead of having people hating on each other because of what you believe and what you think 
Why don't we try to bring about change by all of us working together instead of fighting with one another? That would, to me, would be a beautiful thing, but it's going to take a while for us to get there. But that's just my thought. I mean, what did you guys think about what was going on with this, you know, Colin Kaepernick thing? And we'll start with you, Gio. What did you think about this? Uh, you know, I think this was a big impact. You know, Nike has done this before. This isn't the first time that they have, you know, done some, a, a big, bold statement. I remember with Charles Barkley when he says, I'm not a role model. And, yeah. I mean, the world went crazy on that. And, man, people burning their shoes, their socks. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Colin Kaepernick was told by a Marine, a former Marine, to take a knee. And even that still gets people very upset. And he got kicked out of the league. I mean, he's suing the NFL now for collusion, which I think he has a great argument against the NFL. Um, though it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But um, it's kind of disappointing to see that America is still at this point. Uh, you know, we're still a country divided on so many aspects. And, you know, unfortunately, this is what it's come to. But at least it's come to the forefront. We're talking about it. Yeah. And, you know, people are being impacted. But I definitely did not agree with what's been going on with people. I mean, Twitter was blown up. I mean, oh, man, yeah, no doubt. Man. Twitter was crazy. You had and stupid people burning their shoes people. while they were still wearing their shoes, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all that. And people just doing just dumb stuff, immature. And, Childish, yeah. I mean, just for someone. And people say, oh, but, you know, he's getting paid now. Yeah, but he lost a lot of money. He did. Not playing in the NFL. He lost his NFL career. I mean, this guy went to two, what, I think maybe two or three NFC Championship games. He got to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, he had a really good career. And some guy said, well, uh, the former Jets quarterback got there too. I said, that's you comparing Kaepernick to Sanchez? Give me a break. <laughs> like, give me a break, Sanchez to Kaepernick. But, you know, it's unfortunate, but I'm glad that, you know, we're having this conversation because – it's going to bring some light and uh you know Kaepernick is kind of becoming the spokesman yeah and uh you know he's always going to be remembered uh, for what he did and what do you think what's your take on this Colin Kaepernick thing uh Carolina uh uh it really hurts my feelings to see um that Colin Kaepernick lost his entire career standing for what he believed in. It's pretty foolish that a lot of people are boycotting Nike simply because they're standing behind him before they even saw the ad. And the ad simply was about accomplishing your dreams, even if it means sacrificing everything. You saw, you know, disabled people in the ad. It was just a really good, great ad. And people, you know, just wanted to discount Nike simply because they're standing behind an individual um, for what he believes in. But at the same time, you know, I I feel like Colin Kaepernick, at the end of the day, he really did sacrifice his career. And I also feel like it's a shame that the narrative has changed from him fighting against police brutality to... Um, disrespecting our military veterans when president trump tweeted what he tweeted he's a very powerful man and when he tweeted that you know the nfl players should be not be kneeling they should be standing they should be punished you know he basically said they're disrespecting veterans when he disrespects 
you know, one of our most decorated veterans of all time that just passed away, Senator John McCain. So I just feel like it's very hypocritical that, you know, the narrative changed at that point. And I am just really frustrated with the whole boycott at this point. You know, um, everybody says he doesn't give back to the community. That's false. He's given over a million dollars of his you know, of charity or just by doing charity back into the community, whether it be through um, public health, whether it be through counseling or youth uh, prevent youth um, violence prevention programs. So he's putting a lot back into the community. So a lot of people are, you know, that's what he wanted to shed light on when he did kneel and took his stance. But it's been, you know, the narrative's been changed and it's fueled a lot of, you know, anger within this country. And it's just, you know, getting out of control at this point. So, I mean, either you're with him or you're not. Yeah, I think that's basically what everybody's seen at this juncture. There's been a change where people just want to not talk about racism or talk about equal rights for everybody and kind of want to sweep it under the rug and look the other way. And let's talk about something different. Well, this is something that affects every one of us every single day. You cannot not hear it on the radio. You can't not see it. On TV, you, it's always there in front of you. So whether people like it or not, this subject isn't going to go away anytime soon. But I just think in order for everyone to move forward, they're going to have to have some type of middle ground. And that doesn't mean that there's an absolute solution. There's a wrong and a right way to do things. It's just, you know what? At the end of the day, people need to learn to work together to come to a, a solution about what's going on in our in today's society. How do you feel about it, Rudy? <laughs> You know, my, and it's sad because I got to be serious for a minute here, <laughs> but the uh, the whole Kaepernick thing and everything going on, you know, as far as sports and society, burning of the Nike shoes and everything, I'm one of the rare few breeds out there. I don't have a side. I'm in the middle of everything because I support the movement and I support government. I support everything. That's just me. I am basically... I am an American living in America, just living the dream that I can provide for myself and my family. So I don't take sides majority of the time. I really don't. I support Colin Kaepernick. Hey, he's doing a great thing. You fight for what you believe in. If that's what you want to do, you do that. Because at the end of the day, if somebody needs my help and I see, you know, someone getting beaten up and it's racially profiled, whatever, then my duty as an American citizen is to stand up for that person and jump in the fight and help them out. I've done it before. I'll do it again. But at the same time, you know, people that I have seen videos of people burning the flag and I'm totally against that. I really hate that. My dad died recently and he's a proud veteran. So when I see flags being burned, that pisses me off. Yeah. So really my stance in the entire thing is the fact of, I'm here in America and I support everything. I don't care what it is. I support everything because at the end of the day, I'm here to provide for my family, myself, my friends, everybody that I know, I take care of them completely. Even if I've known you for a couple of minutes, I will do what I can for you because that's the way I feel as being an American citizen is. But as far as every, the movement and stuff, I have no, I have no problem with anything. If people want to burn their Nike shoes, fine. I'm glad you could afford the $150 and burning them. You do what you want to do. <laughs> if you want to support, you know, if you want to support Kaepernick and Nike, by all means, I buy Jordans all the time. So a commercial or a stance isn't going to stop me from supporting Nike. 
I'm going to buy Jordans all day, every day. I mean, that's just my choice. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I'm actually lying because, you know, I'm, I'm straight up Mexican, man. I don't make a lot of money. So my Nikes, I go to the flea market and I buy the, the Nikes. Nikes. So Nikes. That's what I can afford. <laughs> yeah. The Nikes. Um, but, you know, and all in all, I support everything. You know, do I agree with what Kaepernick did uh, sometimes? Maybe I do. Maybe I, it's not my opinion at all. It's not my voice to say anything because I, I just want to protect what I have right now. I want to protect friends, family, myself, everything. Um, there, okay. There's no, you know what? There's no right and there's no wrong answer to any of this. What you said earlier is the correct answer. And that's everybody has to come together as one and understand we have issues here. We have issues there. Instead of fighting about that issue, how do you come together and work it out? How do we make it one? You know, that's what I feel that we need to stand on everything. That's just my opinion. Like I said, it may not be a popular opinion, but, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm like two people in one, so I can stand on both sides. So I'm not, you know, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> You're like the two marshmallows stuck together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. You're going to get both sides of it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we end this episode of the Two Shots Podcast, I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to plug where they can find you and follow you guys on social media. We'll start with you, Carolina. Where can they find you and everything you do? Yes, you can find me on at Carolina Teague underscore. And I am also, that's on Twitter and that's on Instagram and Facebook. And you can also uh, find my podcast once a week. I am one half of the Fruity Pebble Edible Sports Podcast, and we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Whatever the hell they want to talk about, that's what they do. So you make sure you go follow Carolina T. There you go. Related, though. Yeah, she's a good follow, and I, I like your podcast. Uh, I like the name of it, too. The Fruity Pebbles Edible Podcast. It's great. So you all guys go out there and follow, like, and share her stuff. And uh, what about you, Gio? Where can they follow you at Coach Gio on social media? Well, I'm on Twitter. Finally, I'm on Twitter. I was on yeah. Twitter years ago, but I finally came back. Coach Gio 56. I just started tweeting. And they catch me. And also on Facebook as well. Um, you can catch me on Giovanni. Actually, Gio Gio. Today I'm on Facebook. Okay. And what about you, Rudy? Where can they follow you and everything you're doing over there at the Rated R Podcast? Yeah, you can find a right basically, yeah. www.ratedrpodcast.com is the website. It's been under construction for a long time, but I think we finally figured out after reading the how to dummy book that we bought for the <laughs> website. Uh so that'll be up and running soon. Also, we got a Twitter page. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at rated underscore our podcast. We have the rated our podcast Facebook page. Go to those places. We're gonna have a ton of stuff coming up. We're getting a new studio built here at the house, you know, the Mexican way, pay a bunch of guys beer and they'll do wonders for you. <laughs> so be sure to follow us. Hey, and uh, I, I've had a lot of fun tonight. I thank you, Joe, for another great episode. Gio, good seeing you. Carolina, it's been an honor. I hope, I know Gio jumps on my show from time to time. Carolina, if you're ever interested and you have the stomach for it. The Radar Podcast is open to you, too. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all so much for inviting me. You guys are really amazing. Yeah, not a problem. It's great to have you on here, you know. So we also try to have different, you know, female guests on here as well because 
a lot of people fail to think it's at times realize that there's a strong following you know there's a strong following as far as the female sports fan that knows their their sports and likes to talk you know football basketball whatever it might be and it's great to hear things from a female perspective as well so we'd like we'd love to have you on anytime you want to come on you're always welcome Thank you. Yeah. All right. So for Joe Garcia, I'm going to be signing out for Carolina Teague and Gio Gio, Coach Gio, Rudy Campos. <laughs> and like I always end this podcast with, spread the love, stop the hate, and be kind. We're out, guys. Peace. Peace.